Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 507 for the 22nd of Nissan in a regular year. Today's episode relates to Ahran Shul Pesach, the last day of Pesach, which is a Yontov, at least in Chutz La'aretz. So I am pre-recording this episode for your information. So I hope that uh, you are having a wonderful Pesach if you're listening to this during Chol Moed, or that you had a wonderful Pesach if you're listening to this after the holiday. Um, so yeah, so today we're going to talk about this really uh, core value in Jewish tradition, in Jewish law, called Pikuach Nefesh. Pikuach nefesh literally means saving a life or preserving a life. And this is a really big principle in Judaism because uh, we place such high importance on saving a Jewish life that um, that there are many really important laws that are pushed aside in order to do this. For example, keeping Shabbos is a, is a really good example of that, of, is that, you know, um, Shabbos is a very big um is a very big precept in Judaism, as, as we all know. Uh, but yet, if a person's life is in danger, God forbid, and the only way to preserve their life in order, to, the only way to save their life is by violating Shabbos, not only are we allowed to violate the Shabbos in that case, but in fact, we have to, we have an obligation to. And that's actually the way that we keep Shabbos is by breaking the Shabbos in that instance to save their life. This comes up very often in the case of a, a woman in labor, a woman, a pregnant woman who goes into labor on Shabbos, you know, um, in that case, she's allowed to be driven to the hospital. You know, there's all kinds of um, laws of Shabbos that are allowed to be broken in order to make sure that her life is safe and that we preserve the safety of the unborn child. Um, this, you know, this, this idea of pikuach nefesh, this idea of valuing human life, applies in so many different instances in Judaism. Um, one of the ways that it applies also is in the approach to suicide, where we see suicide not only as a tragedy, as something that you know is should not happen because it's a very sad event, but it's actually something that's forbidden. It's actually something that is a very intense transgression. Uh, and really, really frowned upon. And the same thing applies to euthanasia. So euthanasia is becoming more commonplace, unfortunately, in places like Europe, um, in Canada. It's actually, um, you know, there's starting to be laws to make euthanasia more legal, more prevalent. And uh, and this is, you know, Judaism really looks down upon this. This is not something that's allowed. We are not allowed to take a person's life um even if they're in this place of intense suffering, even if um, the person asks us to do so, we are not allowed to do this. Um, you know, whether the, where it becomes a little bit more nuanced is how actively do we have to work towards maintaining a person's life, towards keeping them alive? Like, do we have to keep them hooked up to different machines like 
to keep their oxygen flow, their heart, um, their blood flow moving properly. Like how active do we have to be in this process of keeping them alive? Um, that that's another question, but like what we definitely are not allowed to do is we're not allowed to actively remove their life, actively take away their life. And at first this might seem a little bit puzzling because we know that in many cultures, euthanasia and similar kinds of practices are actually seen as very compassionate practices, very nice practices. Like you put somebody out of their, their suffering, this person, you know, um, um, it's it's their life and they can do whatever they want with their life. And, you know, just we want to give them the utmost freedom to have freedom over how it is that they live and how it is that they die. And this is their life. You know, my body, my choice. It goes into that abortion argument also, you know, which is kind of a related topic in that way. And in Judaism, the reason why Judaism takes such stark uh, opposition to this is because as we'll see in today's section of Tanya, in Judaism, we come to recognize that our lives are not our own. It's not my life, my body, my choice. This is not your body, your choice. Your body, your life was given to you as a gift from God. You did not choose to be here. You did not create yourself. And that's something that we have to always keep in mind. This is like a basic, basic level of awareness that every single Jew, really every person should really cultivate within themselves, um, which is why um, there's this really essential prayer that we're going to be looking at in today's uh, episode called the Elokai Neshama prayer that we say in the morning, where, which basically says like, God this soul that you have granted to me as a gift, we acknowledge just every morning that the soul that we have, the life that we have was given to us as a gift from God. And we live here in this life uh, and we do what we need to do in this life in accordance with God's wishes um, because God wants us to be here. And then when the time comes, we will graciously, hopefully, give over this life back to God at the time that he so desires. Not at the time that we desire, but at the time that he so desires. And what we're going to be talking about in today's episode is about how this acknowledgement of our lives really not being our own, but really being God's lives is something actually that we all do possess as Jews on some deep level inside of ourselves, whether some more consciously, some less consciously. And what this translates to mean is that really... Um, essentially, our ultimate will is to surrender ourselves to God, is to have our lives express themselves as such, as manifestations of God and as of God's will, which translates into this meditation that we've been discussing in these past couple of episodes of having uh, this intention in mind when we perform the Torah and mitzvahs, when we do God's God's uh, will and we study God's wisdom to unite our souls with the source of our souls, which is the source of all Jewish souls, um, which and then ultimately have that unification of the source of Jewish souls with God himself, which is what we term the unification of God, um, the Holy One, blessed be he and his Shechina, which is the source of the souls of all of, the, all of Israel. So with that being said, let's get into the text and see how the altar of it explains this. And we are still in the middle of chapter 41 of Likutamar. So the altar of it begins today and he references this idea of the unity of the Jew, of the, of all souls and their, the way that they're encompassed in the light of God so that they are one, uh, which is what we've been discussing in the past couple of episodes. So he says that this unity, this is something that every single Jewish person truly does desire in true truth, completely with their entire heart. And in every Jewish soul out of, where does this come from? This is from this innate 
love that is hidden within the recesses of every single Jewish person's heart to cleave to God and to not be separate from God and to not be like their own entity or, or God forbid to be different from God's unity and oneness in any way, any which way, even if this requires mysterious nefesh, even this, if this requires self-sacrifice, meaning a sense of really literally sacrificing the sense of self of the, like what happens at the end of a person's life. The altar says here at the end of 70 years, thank God nowadays people live a lot longer than 70 years. So I'm going to up that to at the end of I'm not even going to put a limit on it. So, you know, at the end of a person's life, that's when a person's godly soul really reunites with God. So the altar of basically is saying is that this is actually the true desire of every Jewish soul is to unite with God to such an extent that they want to unite with God, even if it requires total sac sacrifice of the self to the point that their self expires. That it does not, and after that time, this is so the altar is saying that this does happen after a person expires, where at that point, a person no longer has any bodily concerns at all, and and rather its thoughts are totally united and totally vested in the letters of the Torah and prayer, which are the words of God and its and his thoughts, and they become like totally unified. And this is why we see that the entire what it is that the uh, the souls in Gan Eden, in heaven, so to speak, are involved with is just in being involved in Torah study. Like they're not worried about paying bills. They're not worried about uh, taking a shower or any kind of like bodily concern like that. It's all of those things go away. So once a person passes away, they're kind of living in this more true reality of really realizing their priorities, which is truly to be unified with God. And this is explained in the Gemara and the Zohar, the Altarabah says, and the Altarabah says that it's, it's explained there in the Gemara and the Zohar that in, in Gan Eden, uh, then what is it that the souls get enjoyment from? It's not out of physical pleasures and things like that, but rather it's out of their understanding and about their absorption in the light of God. And then now the Altarabah says that this is why it, is, it was instituted that we should say in the beginning of the Berchas Shahar, this is the morning prayers that we say in the morning before we start praying, we say this prayer, Elokai neshamash anatata bi, Torah hi, atanafachta bi, so it's a whole prayer. So basically, what in short, what the point that the Torah is bringing out here is it means, God, you imbued within me a soul, and you blew this soul within me. And then it goes on and it says, Vata atid litlami many, and in the future, you will take it away from me. And so what the ultra bear is pointing out here is it says that this these things go together that since it is god that gave us this soul and here it's referring to the godly soul and then since in the future you will take it away from me thus from now on i'm going to live with this awareness and i'm going to give it over to you and and return it to you and unite it with you in true unity as it says, and here the Altarba cites Tehillim, chapter 25, verse 1, To you, God, I lift my soul. Meaning, through this, of connecting my thoughts to your thoughts and my speech to your speech with the letters of the Torah and prayer, and specifically when we address God in the second person, like when we say, blessed are you, and things like that. Like we say, like blessed are you. That's like the beginning of every bracha that we say. 
So basically, so, and that, that's the end of the section. So basically just to summarize that last section is the ultra is really pointing out this idea that this, that there's the reason for us saying, when we say this prayer in the morning before our morning prayers, when we declare this awareness of the fact that God gave us this godly soul as like a present and God is in the future going to take it away from us. It's like really promoting this awareness that we should not take it for granted. This godly soul that we have within us is a gift to us by God. It's actually on temporary loan and eventually he's going to take it out of our bodies. So any part of us that identifies with this godly soul will come to this awareness of the facts that it's really God's. And when we realize that it's really God's, then we'll really want to realize that we want to orient orient ourselves towards him and to and that the godly soul really its true self is to be encompassed and within him and and to be united with him and not separate from him and really to not have a sense of separation of separate self of a separate self-identity and so then this awareness will translate into every time we involve ourselves in Torah study or in doing mitzvahs and things like that we're really going to be trying to align our thoughts and our our speech and every part of ourselves with God so that there really will be no difference and like really come to this like unity and this like resonance between our, our soul and God. So that is it for today. So it was a little bit longer today and I hope that gave you a little bit of a deeper insight into this concept of becoming one with the universe and how we can now understand that it's more than becoming one the, with the universe. Ultimately, what we want to try to do is become one with the creator of the universe and that even this if this might not feel so natural to us at first and might go against our innate sense of self and ego and individuality, there is a part of us deep within ourselves, which was gifted to us by God or rather loaned to us by God, which is our godly soul that actually does want this. And actually this is it's striving and awareness, even if we don't, we are not totally aware of it at the time. So that's it for today. And we will continue tomorrow and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.